0: What's good, yo-yo, BTV Army, what is good? You are now listening to the world-famous, the award-winning, and award-nominated, the almighty Behind the Baller podcast, live from Los Angeles, California. This show is brought to you by none other than the Dust Brothers, a.k.a. the We Don't Fuck Around crew. That's my man, Miles Davis, and my guy, Jordan Winter, 100% professional podcasting, coming to you always, always in high-definition, museum-quality stereo sound. I am your host, Ben Baller, aka The Wash Lord, aka The Korean John Daly, aka The Forrest Gump of hip-hop. Guys, this is the last Thursday episode of BTB for a while. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. With the launch of my new show coming out next week. This is Thursday. It is my favorite day of the week, guys. Let's get this motherfucking show started. Lakey Lake, what's good? I try to keep the golf talk after the break. But this is such a monumental moment in my pivot to my golf career, world, life, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Guys, I am officially in. I have got all three boats. I am playing my first official pga tour pro-am i'm in the farmers insurance fucking pga tournament guys i it this is fucking crazy it is a pro-am of course is a big fucking deal played a pro-am officially um last year in tokyo it's totally different it's fucking maybe a couple hundred people there there is going to be you know um fucking everything you name it field marshals spotters television cameras, all the whole nine. So I can't tell you mentally what's going through my head. You'll understand why it's a mental game. You know, I got nervous for football games, for basketball games in high school, college. Once you get in the game, you kind of get like, I don't know, your first hit, you get your first shot, you kind of shake it off. With golf, it's just a different thing, right? I've never played in front of this many people before in my entire life. Never played in front of cameras like that. This ain't IG, this ain't TikTok, this ain't some vanity shit. I'm very grateful. Thank you, first of all, to TaylorMade Golf, obviously. The greatest fucking brand in golf. And uh, thank you to my agency, XL Sports Management. This is fucking huge. I I don't even know what to say. Um, I'm about a, a year and some change. A real pennies of change into my golf um, journey. I am, shit, what is that? Let's see, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. I am fucking eight months into playing rounds of golf. Almost nine months into playing rounds of golf. This is absolutely insanity. Um, We've been doing press for par three all week with Golf Digest, Sports Illustrated slam magazine what else was there ap associated press just all kinds of different things you know my agency is is obviously official they represent you know some of the biggest golfers i've already talked about that but this episode might bring a different audience just because of the way i'm going to push this but uh i gotta really give a shout out to you know my agency really like really just fucking um matt davis andrew kipper uh lance young Obviously, the God, Jeff Schwartz, Mark Steinberg, and uh, my manager, Elena Kim. This is fucking huge. This is crazy. Never in a million years I think that this was going to happen in this amount of time. When I speak to people from Golf Digest, when I talk to other people, pros, whatever, you name it, the hate is coming. I, I'm used to that. But, you know, the golf hate is different because these motherfuckers, is, it's, you know, there is that stigma. There's that stereotype. That's, and, and, and it exists, don't get it wrong, you know what I mean? The majority of the people who play golf are definitely, it is, you know, known as a white people game. Um, Asians been around, you know. Um, I'm loving to see people of color in the game, you know what I'm saying? My man Jr. Smith has really been an advocate, Eastside Golf and all that stuff, and it's dope. The fact that my agency represents Tiger Woods and my agent has worked with them, and it's just, you know, these people, they know what the fuck they're doing, and they put me in a position of access and sh- by the way, shout out to TaylorMade shout out to the whole fucking TaylorMade crew, shout out to Mark Barbuti shout out to Greg Manley at the Kingdom shout out to Trotty shout out to Bucky, shout out to Tyler shout out to Lauren, uh, Ollie, JP, Dane fuck who am I missing man I'm- Jesus Christ, John uh, Tony Stark's whole TaylorMade crew it, it is incredible what a good team can do for your career. Having people behind you, having the right people behind you is amazing. I have to thank my coach, Ron Del Barrio. Um, without him, this none of this shit's going to happen at all, period. George Lopez, uh, Stephen Malban. I've been saying Malban. I can still say Malban, but Stephen Malben, um, fucking icon. Thank you so much. Um, even got to give a little love to my boy, John Buscemi. Me and John go back fucking... 20-something years. Uh, it is wild. It is crazy um, in such a short amount of time The things are moving. When Par 3 launches next week, uh, next Wednesday, January 25th, we are coming. We are coming fucking different. We're coming hard. We got George Lopez, Michelle Wee, uh, Sean Malto. We have confirmed PGA Tour legends, PGA Tour champions, PGA Tour majors winners, Celebrities, all that, and uh, I'm excited for you guys to see it. This is a different thing. It's we're growing the game. That's what it's all about. But right now, um, mental toughness is all what it's about. You know, um, if you understand, for any of those who played and really played on a par seventy two course, you understand how difficult the game is. Luck is not going to get a beginner in his 80s. It's just not going to happen. It just won't. 70s, forget about it, right? I even think maybe 90s is even far-fetched for a beginner golfer who's just really not understanding the game, right? Especially for course management and if your putting is not good, how are you going to put it in the hole? But I remember leaving a course and hearing a guy say, I got you down at 102. And the guy's like, sweet, thank you. And he wasn't like sad or nothing. He was hyped that he shot a 102 at a course I shot fucking 20 strokes lower at. And um, this man's probably been playing golf way longer. I'm just assuming things. I don't know. But uh, it is in me. The golf bug is real. And mental toughness is a whole different thing. When you start thinking about that par putt, that birdie putt, for me, the birdie putt is starting to get stressful. But it's not like something that's in heavy existence in in my bag right now. When I think about that par putt, that's where it stresses me out because the par putts, I I refuse to, you know, those misses, it just can't happen. You know, when it comes to a bogey, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, that's the last straw. Double bogeys happen, you know, and they've been happening much less in my rounds. And I don't mind a double bogey if there's a birdie somewhere. But triple bogeys is just not acceptable. And I think early on playing, and I say this like, it's so crazy. when I, You know, when I talk to big golfers, I'm like, yo, man, it took forever to figure out this and this. And it's like, bro, eight, nine months is forever, bro. You lost your fucking mind. Like, you know, even how many, how many rounds you play a week, it's like, it's a joke, bro. You're kidding me. Like, there's guys 10 years that are literally trying to figure out how to break 90, you know, let alone how to break 80. And thank God for my putter and that touch and feel. That's just, you know, it's been a fucking blessing. Thank God that I fucking had a pool table in my house. But um, the mental toughness kicks in. You know, when you sit there and it's it's a three foot, six foot, wherever the fuck it is, you're thinking like, all right, cool, shit. This is for, you know, a big thing. Now, at the end of the day, golf is supposed to be fun and it is you know especially when you're knocking in putts you're doing certain things um you make a 10 foot putt and it's just like a great such a great feeling it's like you make a gir you know you get on a green you know even on your fucking third shot on a par four let alone making a gir on a par five it's like fuck man this is just such a great feeling seeing that ball hit the green you know i even get excited when it hits the fringe or if it hits the green then rolls off to the fringe or whatever but um You know, Torrey Pines is a grind. It is a fucking really long course. I will not know until probably Monday, possibly Tuesday morning, what tees I'm playing from. If I'm playing up front, shit. I won't feel so bad. If I'm playing from the tips, it's going to be some shit. I ain't going to lie to you. It's going to be fucking scary. Um, I have not been notified who I'm being paired up with as far as pro-wise, which PGA pro I'm being paired up with. But uh, I'm excited. Again, mental is everything. You know, um, I had a conversation last night with Lu Quan, from uh, Good Good Corn Fairy Tour, professional golfer, and uh, happens to be a Korean too. He said some fucking amazing things. You know what I mean? And funny thing is, is that it was so helpful that I feel like I should fucking read it off. Like, it's such a crazy thing that he said. You know, I asked Colin Morikawa and I ask other pros, I'm like, yo, what do you think? You know, what's what, what should I do? And people are like, yo, man, don't even trip, just hit it straight. I'm like, <laughs> you guys are fucking hilarious. I don't hit the ball generally straight every single fucking time, especially when I'm playing around. You know, it's, it's not that fucking easy. You know, and um, it's really when, you know, these pros are so dialed in, it's a different level that I think they forget. And golf is hard for them, but how they're they're shaping shots. I'm not even there yet. I'm barely compressing my irons and compressing my hybrid, right? It's my course management. I know exactly when to go up a club, when to do certain things, and just really just really focusing in. I think that's just being smart. But when I tell these guys, like, yo, man, stay out of that rough and this and that, blah, blah, yeah, those are just bullshit things. I'm like, what the fuck can you give me advice-wise? And Quan was like, yo, before you take every swing, go through your normal thoughts and whatnot. But for the last two or three seconds before you hit the ball, imagine you're on the driving range and you're just hitting another ball in the driving range. Like fully immerse yourself into that image. The better you can do that, the more you'll get it out of the way. And I know once I get out of that funk maybe the first couple holes and that's what I'm really nervous about you know and maybe it might even take fucking four holes right and just to avoid a bunker avoid the rough whatever it may be you know as soon as I heard I got the final approval and I was in which happened yesterday morning I got nervous I was like yo man You know, fuck, I can't let this shit get to me because I've spoken in front of 60,000 people. I've been in front of people. I've done TV. I've done shit like that. But you get that weird anxiety. And um, this is big for me. It's way bigger. This is America. You know what I'm saying? This is different. San Diego, Torrey Pines, legendary course. And Luke's like, yo, man, this may sound weird. But if you ever start letting your head get the best of you and you start thinking too much, Start noting down every sound you hear, whether it be the ocean, birds chirping, trees rustling, cars driving in the background, whatever. Just start listening to sounds and it's impossible to be anxious about the future or keep thinking about a previous shot of whatever. And he's like, it's just stupid things that I've learned while playing professional golf. And it's just fucking crazy, man. You know, it's, and then I told him, I said, bro, I'm playing Farmers. And he's like, oh shit, bro, stay out of that rough. And I'm like, yeah. You know, a BTB army subscriber and super follower subscriber had me play at Annandale. And um, he had a professional that was with him. I think I shot a 102 that day. And I was really embarrassed because I have been kind of getting in the 90s consistently. But I was getting in the rough, and it's just like, bro, it's fucking impossible. I was hitting balls OB. I was just completely taken out of my game. And it happens. And the funny thing was the pro that was with him ended up shooting like mid-70s or something. And uh, he was injured. And he even said, yo, I'm impressed that you did this well. And I'm like, shit. And I think about that round, you know what I mean? I think about that. And that's like that was like fucking seven months ago, eight months ago. And, and that's not very long for other people. But for me, every week I've gotten better. My club head speed's gotten better. Everything's gotten better. And I've changed quite a bit. But getting in the rough sucks. For most poor golfers, right, they can use a seven iron and uh, if you're going to punch it out, maybe use a four, maybe use a five. But like for me, I'm taking a fucking nine iron out. I need something with some fucking loft and try to chop that bitch out and just get it back on the fairway and whatever. But uh, a a lot has happened, man. And again, thank God to the training. Thank God for the grinding. As soon as I finish this here, and drop off the kids and head out to um, at least play nine holes. Hopefully, play a whole round. Tomorrow we're shooting par three all day. Saturday I'm gonna get a little grind session in. Sunday get a grind session in. Then I'm off to San Diego. Monday get some light training. Monday night I gotta be dead asleep by 10 p.m. No matter what the fuck happens, if I gotta take melatonin, I gotta be dead asleep. Be up by six. Be at Torrey Pines by seven. And get it the fucking do press whatever the fuck it is. I will not be eating. I will not eat. Probably won't have a meal. I probably won't have any kind of food in my stomach after seven. Maybe a sugary beverage after eight, and then I'm fucking out. I'm done sleeping. That's it, and I'm a wrap. And then um, I might break my intermittent fasting that day. Don't think I'll have coffee. I got to figure it out. I probably have to get some shit in first. Gonna bring some Pokari sweat. And uh, I'm bringing in powder form. him. I don't know, I'll figure it out. Um, thank God I have a professional caddy and uh, try to stay hydrated, try to drink as much water as possible. And uh, shout out to my super followers for uh, my subscribers for bringing me some hand warmers. It's going to be fucking cold as shit. Should be a decent day. There's no rain, but the wind over there at Torrey is no joke. Um, it is a legendary, very tough course. It's a grind. It's long as fuck. And, um, you know, when it's all over, I'm going to then eat, then I'll go celebrate, then I'll go have fucking fun. You know, but the mental toughness, that's the part. You know, it's just something that I don't think people really understand how difficult or how much mental plays into golf. It's probably more mental than anything else. The skill is is there. But there's guys out there who are super talented, but when it comes to playing whether it be a total round, whether it be three rounds on a pro tour, it's a whole different thing. Because these guys are all good. It's can you mentally focus to do that? And that's why it's the toughest sport there is, period. It's a different level of game. I'm super excited. I'm super juiced. Um, I got waste management next month. And uh hopefully with everything that's going well with this, with part three waste management all that my golf profile will go up my agency is very good at that and I think that I'll be invited to more programs before the end of the year be dope to play you know four total for 2023 but guys you don't understand how big of a fucking deal this is for me this is massive I, I am very extremely blessed to have again such great people behind me in golf and have such great equipment and have all the best of everything and just people just supporting me And um, it's just the fucking greatest game in the world. All right, we are going to uh, pivot a little bit real quick, man. You know, I got to talk about something real quick. My ego is my worst enemy. There's nothing worse than that. And I'm fucking days away from turning 50, okay? I am literally days away, right? And i fucking tripping. It's the 19th, yeah. Why the fuck did I just flash back to something? Hold on. So it's the 19th, and it's eight days away from my 50th birthday. And I have grown quite a bit. I have matured, had to because of my kids. And I have to really get that Korean temper under control. I almost made some really poor business decisions this week, and it's crazy how sleeping on it can really, you know, change everything. Not acting on some of this fucking, you know, this anger and actions and things like that. And, um, you know, with that said, and not being very specific, I know, and there's a lot of vague words and and thoughts being put out there into this microphone. But I'm a better friend then I am a foe. That's just pure, straight up, real deal, okay? If we are in any type of relationship, whether it be friendship, whether it be a business relationship, partnership, whether it be love, I'm big on giving the trust off jump. If I can't trust you, I don't even want to continue any kind. Of, I don't want. There's two types of people. There's people who give trust up in the beginning, and then once the people fuck up the trust, it's a wrap. Then there's people who give people a chance. They let them slowly earn the trust, and then when their trust fucks up, it's like, okay, well, shit. I got to know you, blah blah, whatever. Make the decision. No, 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 no. That's not it. I don't like to waste time. I'm a good judge of character. You know, it doesn't take very long for me to kind of tell somebody. And if they're kind of hard to read, I really got to think at that point, is this worth continuing? Do I want to do this? Do I not? All right, fuck this. But whether in any type of relationship, period, I'm the type of person to take three steps towards you if you take one step towards me, right? You're a brand. You're handing me a check. I'm not on that weirdo fuck shit I'm like, all right, they hand me a check. Let me deliver more than they ask for, okay? We're in a friendship. Someone's like, you know what, dog? I got you. And I don't even need people to really do too much for me except for basic shit, right? I ain't talking about like certain things like my assistant might do in certain shit because you can't really like, you know, put a price. When they get tipped, they get tipped well. When they get a bonus, they get bonus well. I mean, their bonuses become nice. In love, I was more in love with my wife than she was with me. And then I feel like at certain points she felt like I fell off a little bit. And I don't mean fell off like in a physical form or anything like that. I think she felt like, not that my eyes or my heart was wandering, but I was so focused on work and everything else, she felt like she might have been neglected. And I hated that feeling. Because I wouldn't want her to feel that way to me, right? And my wife gets countless DMs on a regular basis. Oh man, Ben is out with this chick today, or Ben is doing this and this and this. And I'm just always out networking, doing different things. And, you know, yes, of course, you know, Nicolette is a beautiful woman, but, you know, she's about to turn 40. And for her, you know, that fucks with her a little bit when like I'm out with a fucking whatever it is. It could be someone that I'm working with with a campaign who she likes on TV or something, whatever, and she's 23 or 24. And that girl's like, I don't know, just likes me a lot. Not in that way, but just like, you know, hanging out, whatever. It could be playing golf with a girl who's pretty and certain things. And just like, you know, it just it anything that takes away from time from us. But what I would do for her and what I do for her in return is like it's beyond what I've done for any other woman. And, you know, we're not comparing, you know, people's love through what monetary value or gifts, but a life you provide. And because she gave up on her dreams, her bikini line, her modeling, her things, I was like, you're going to be set up. You ain't got to worry about shit. Go work out, chill. Now the kids are all in school. Go have your days. Go hang out with your homies. Yo, we can kick it if we have. If I have a free day, but you're good. You want to push a quarter million dollar car? Here you go. You want to go shopping? You want to go do something? You want to go eat somewhere? Go do it. You want to go shop? You want to do this? Do what you want to do. Now I still manage the spending to a certain bit, but she's well taken care of. That was a very elaborate. <laughs> explanation of my, my marriage. Nobody asked for it, but I voluntarily told you guys. But when it comes to business, again, I try to do more than what they ask for. When it comes to things like that, again, you took one big step towards me. I'm going to take three towards you. After a while, those steps start to add up. If I've taken 76 steps towards you, and you've only taken four towards me, please believe it's on my clock, my watch. I know that I genuinely wanted to go out there and be the best I could be. If you can't match my level, I'm fucking out. Now sometimes there's a misunderstanding and conversations need to be had. I like to step in front of it sometimes. People are like, oh, some guy owns a restaurant. Oh, I see you helping this restaurant out. Why do you like that? Boom, and I'll come in front, be like, yo, I like the vibe better. You know, I like, I felt like eating that kind of food today. Is there an issue? I spread love everywhere, bro. I share the wealth. What's good? And I'll jump in front of it to stop all the bullshit. I don't want anybody thinking about bad thoughts or anything longer. Dress me with some shit. You're gonna get an answer that you wanted to hear that you didn't want to hear. You know what I mean? And I think that's really important. And I think with business, sometimes it's really difficult because me jumping in this golf world, there are PGA professionals that are on tour that might not be taken care of as well as I have by certain brands. There might be deals that I'm getting that other people who have been in that profession that might not get the same things. Now, why is that? Because of you guys, because of my supporters. Because of the BTB army, because of my subscribers, because of my core audience that loves buying shit that I create, things that I do. They know I make shit exciting. I I go out there and make shit happen at fucking 50. If I was 31 right now on social media, it would be a dangerous world right now. I'm being dead ass serious. And the funny thing is, I wouldn't give a fuck about no bitches, no girls, no none of that shit. I would be taking my relationship to a different level, be different things I'd be doing, and I'd just be younger and, you know, and had the same mentality and brain I got now, I'd run circles around motherfuckers. I run circles around people now, right? But I had an interesting situation, felt like I was slightly being taken advantage of, and the ego got a little bit ahead of me. Me and my agent had a really long talk. He is the first person to start fighting for me when it comes to business deals and things like that. He himself had to step in front of this and be like, yo, let me redirect all this shit and show you how good you got it. And again, I talk about that, right? Paying your dues. Some dues have been paid for decades in many ways with my grind and my hustles. And I'm not letting up on the pedal. You know what I mean? Like again, I'm a way better friend than a foe. I don't want to be the petty Ben from 2008, 2009 and all that shit. That's not me. But please believe, you know, watching Suits, the TV show, you know, like like you get, you can get real fucking petty. I just want you guys to understand that's just not, that's not not who I want to be. I'm excited for the future. There's a lot on my mind and um, I'm going to go to a break but I, I want to talk about that how like you know we're, we're doing a little different today we're, the format might be we're going to continue about mentals and lifestyle and stuff but um, there's been a lot on my mind I've been having a lot of anxiety um, slight depression slight lack of motivation and still be out and grind and stuff but just like just different things you know but yo I hear that Lakey Lake music in the background that means that Miles is telling me yo dog it's time for a commercial break so let's pay some bills and I'll be right back y'all It's a new year and you're still making sports bets on your own, why? You're not an expert. You don't have the time to be an expert. Stop fucking around. You need to join captainpicks.com. This is a company that I own, I am an owner of, okay? And we have been on fire. NFL playoffs, NBA, NHL, UFC, college basketball, tennis, Premier League, PGA Tour, Props, parlays, we got it locked. This is the place to be a community of winners where you get to celebrate with the best crew in the game. Use promo code PLAYOFFS at captainpicks.com to get 47% off all packages. Promo code PLAYOFFS at captainpicks.com. Talk sports, stack wins. So I couldn't figure out what's going on. Um, I don't know if it was the fucking attempted robbery at my house, um, other weird shit, distractions, weirdo shit, the fucking algorithm on Instagram is really bad, I'm gonna get into that in a second. And um, of course, when um, you know we uh, lay down in bed and go to sleep, my wife can tell when something's bothering me, of course. And uh, I've had some time to sit around. I did press all day yesterday for part three. Ran out and got a quick nine holes at Weddington, part three. Crushed it. Um, did well. Shot one over, which is actually fucking incredible. It's not my best score there, but it's still like my third best score, right? I've shot one under and then I've shot 24, which is like fucking super impressive. But again, you know, I know the course really well. It's just different. I'm hitting off mats. It's but it felt good. Um I, I kinda felt out there like, yo, I'm going out here and making this course my bitch. I brought my whole bag instead of bringing five clubs. And um because it's a short course, the longest hole is 135 yards. You know, um I met up with a super follower I met up with the subscriber, Jordan um, who won the two thousand, maybe twenty five hundred dollar Shang Chi's super limited edition one of ten um, Xbox consoles. I have no use for it. I was glad to bring that up. By the way, I'm starting to gather clothes again. I gave some away to my mother-in-law, um, new clothes, whatever. I'm just starting to start gathering up clothes again. Obviously I wear an XL. Sometimes there's a large in there and just random shit. I I think there might be some shoes this time here and there again. I remember I gave that one dude like $5,000 and a ton of random shit. And, um, I'm going to do that again. I, I got to figure that all out. I have so much stuff I need to get rid of. Um, we're going to do a giveaway early next week. Uh, we'll announce the winner on the 25th. And um, it's uh, it's exciting. But anyways, going back to I'm, I'm falling off. I realized I started feeling depressed. My body was sore, so that didn't help. Um, running a different golf muscles, learning how to, you know... Um, Use my legs and 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 turn my hips more, so it's like different muscles that really I never had to use, and I feel like I'm still just getting back into my golf shit because I took, you know, the two weeks off in December, and now playing around wasn't so bad, but just getting back into the swing of things, it's it's tough, it's hard, man. It's like there's always something going on. I just have so much shit on my mind, and I start getting to like you know again a, a state of depression can't sleep. It's kind of on my mind. I was upset last night. And I realized, and my wife, she hit it on the head. She's like, yo, it's your birthday. You're always fucking weird around your birthday. And um, especially after London was born, like a year after London was born, I just didn't want to celebrate my birthday. I wasn't huge on celebrating birthdays. I had, you know, a couple big ones when Jonas was around. My 40th was big. 45 was chill. But it's my 50th. You know? And um, fuck, man, half a century's big, man. It's, it's You know, I lived to see 50. A lot of my boys didn't make it. Jonas didn't make it. Uh, Jonas died in his 30s. Um, Q. Q died in his 40s. Still too young. You know, um, there's a lot of people who are passing away right at that age. It's, it's a fucking blessing. I was driving London to golf practice yesterday and, and, um, going to the facility and he's like, dad, you're turning 50 next week. You know, and it's like crazy, you know, it's like parents are, well, men are having kids at a later age now. Obviously I didn't want it to be that way, but that's just the way it was. And, you know, it's, it's fine. And I'm glad I was, you know, I was in a financial position to provide for my family But I think about my birthday next week and yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, I can't really control it. So it's like, you know, all right, well, time to get on the phone and hit up better help and try to get back in the situation. And um, I still haven't done that. And I got to do that. I got to see a chiropractor also. I know there are some BTB army people that are chiropractors. I got to see somebody before Monday. That's for goddamn sure. Not that I'm out of whack, but I would just love to get an adjustment before I play. But yeah, I just got depressed, man. I'm thinking about it, but it's a going to be a glorious day. You know, I got a private event on Friday, my actual birthday, private dinner, done like a little private chill session at a private location. And then Saturday, we are going the fuck up at Hyde Lounge in fucking Hollywood, California. Right there. Hyde's a dope ass, exclusive, upscale, you know, um, nightclub lounge. And uh, if you don't have racks, it is probably going to be hard for you to get in. But I'm... Giving the people opportunity is an open up invitation. I'm not pushing it on social media like that yet. I think they're going to start pushing it, but it's always a big time. There's always a lot of celebrities, always a lot of hot girls there and everything. And I'm going to be with the people I love. This will be more of a different thing than than the private dinner. But, you know, I think the Dust Brothers will join me. My wife, of course, a couple of close friends. And after that, I'm just going to try to, you know, try to enjoy the people that are just like, you know, been supporters. Just go out there and have fun and just chill. What else, man? Sorry. You know what I noticed? And someone says something, but I noticed it before someone said something on Twitter is everywhere you go now, business-wise, it could be fucking FedEx, it could be a golf range, it could be any restaurant, it could be something, takeout, something. And um, you get people who are like, yo, you don't tip this. Shut the fuck up, bro. First of all, People love to say, oh, there's this. I meet people all the time who don't tip at all. But what pisses me off is when you do take out, yes, someone's preparing a bag. They forget napkins, forget utensils, whatever. And it's like, yo, I get your job is hard. I didn't forget the shit. I'd get fucked up over $3.75 an hour. I wasn't getting paid enough, but I needed a job. I did my job. If you're going to show up to work, do your job. And I just feel like with the takeout thing, it's weird. You know, like Postmates, you know, I spend a lot of money on Postmates. I always make sure there's a tip. You know, um, sometimes 20, sometimes whatever. Um, when someone's just delivering the food and I have a $130 order, it's a little tough to give 20% for them just bringing the order, right? The restaurant kind of gets screwed on certain things. So, you know, I d- just, it just depends on what, what the thing is. But getting golf balls, That person is not doing a goddamn thing. There's someone there. I don't know if they split the tips. It's just crazy. Every fucking business asks for tips now. And a lot of places don't accept cash, certain things. And I don't use cash as much anymore. But, you know, cash is fucking important. Fuck that. Cash is still, don't let motherfuckers try to fool you and let, you know, anybody else or the matrix, they're trying to take away this and blah, blah, whatever, so they can fucking, shut the fuck up. My advice, just raise the fucking prices. Okay, when you go to Asia, there's no tipping. When you go to Europe, there's no tipping. There's no tipping. Everything's all inclusive. Bad service, good service, you ain't got to worry about it. They don't allow tipping. It's just not there. And it should be part of the American culture. You know, if they need to add or, you know, raise the prices or something, whatever, and that's what it is, then boom. Everyone should be on a salary. Everyone should be taken care of. People should have fucking benefits and shit, whatever the fuck they work. It's just fucking annoying. And um, it's just wild, like the egg inflation. That shit's real. You know, um, my wife is she loves eggs. We have, you know, um, the fuck is that called shopping cart or some shit? I don't even know. I don't do the grocery shopping. I rarely ever go to a grocery store. My wife uses some service for Whole Foods or some stuff because she has to do like two different types of grocery trips. But yeah, man, you know we get organic whole eggs and they're fucking expensive. Like, I don't know what a uh, price of eggs are. It's like, was it you know what? Let me check this fucking out. A year ago, the average price for a dozen eggs was four dollars and twenty-five cents. Right? There's eggs that used to be, I think like right around there, probably like maybe $3.75 or something. But a price of a dozen eggs at fucking Whole Foods, cause my wife wants, you know, organic fucking eggs is like 13 or $14 right now. The eggflation is no fucking joke and everything is going up. I don't know how the fuck people fucking survive. It's just fucking crazy. God bless them. And my heart goes out to people It's just fucking nuts. Um, also another thing too is Twitter's algorithm is so fucked up right now that it's just absolutely depressing. Instagram's algorithm is even worse. And I know I could put some shock value bullshit. I can maybe post some jewelry, that's whatever, or try to force some content. And, you know, when I post in my car, that's kind of like in my thing. The caption was right, boom. And it's like, all right, cool, right there. You know, 800,000 impressions, you know, um, probably get to a million, but it's like delayed. It's still got a lot. It got 120,000 likes. And and it's like, but my algorithm overall, other than that, is fucking terrible, you know, my stories are down probably 60, 70%. That's a big deal. So if it's bad for me, it's bad for you. For the average fucking person, let's say there's people out there who have, you know, 3,000 followers, 800 followers. It's like, fuck, you see people with like six likes. It's just like, Jesus Christ. and it's, it's depressing. Now, don't let that, you know, if your business is doing well, whatever, don't, don't let that dictate it. But it's, it's pretty sad. And they got to figure it out because it's, you know, you want a friendly or a good user experience. Like, why would you want people upset? It just makes no fucking sense. Tuesday, day is today. Today's Thursday. Tuesday, the fuck was I supposed to do Tuesday? I was supposed to play golf on Tuesday. What the fuck happened? But, I canceled the Selling Sunset shit because I had a train and I I kind of talked about that already. But, I decided to say, fuck this. I had bare brick boxes in my little mini storage. I had my garage filled. I couldn't park the fucking two cars in the garage. And that was fucking annoying. So everything's like, you got cars in the street, you got cars in the driveway. It was annoying. Yeah, I know. First people problems, rich people problems, whatever. So I said, you know what, man? By the way, I forgot to mention something. Uh, Fired my assistant. And um, this assistant was already on a short leash because, you know, there's the this ain't the trust issue off the top this and that this is a totally different thing this is somebody who has to kind of build his way up it's not a friendship it's not a relationship it's not a business it's totally different this is a person that's just gonna do errands um basic things and I won't get into the reason why he was let go um it was it was up there on on the the bad things you don't do you know uh leaving doors unlocked certain silly shit that you don't think about. Have a fucking brain. You want a job that bad, you want to be around somebody and be paid for it, be smart, right? So, do I need an assistant? Of course I fucking do. Go through random emails. uh, Really basic ass shit. And it's gotta be somebody who has some sort of a hustle. Whether they sell shoes, they do something else, it it can't be somebody who has a nine-to-five it just can't, it's not going to work out. It's not, because there might be laying around, I'd be sitting around, there might be days and just do things like, hey, I need to take the Christmas tree here and do this and run, go meet this person. It's just, it can't be somebody who has a job already and wants to move. It's got to be somebody who has maybe a, an online store, or some other shit where they're, they're kind of like a side thing, whatever, someone who's younger but smart and is hungry and wants to learn and meet people. But if I were my assistant, I got a U-Haul you know uh, cargo van filled it the fuck up to the brim to the fucking gills went to my storage my storage is already fucking 10 feet by fucking 17 feet it is the biggest storage i ever had i pay a good amount of money every month for it and there's just shit in there i'm like goddamn i'm gonna have to go through here there's so many baseball cards in there too that i just need to fucking get the fuck rid of and i'm gonna talk about the hobby in a second but i gotta figure it out because this shit is crazy i have too much shit and you know one of my subscribers owns a shoe business that has like high-end shoes sells uggs everything else offered me like a 500 jacket and i was like yo bro that jacket's dope you know I, i'm good because I have too much shit already and I have nice things. I don't need it. It's cool. And people love to send me shit and it's dope. It's great. But sometimes it's just like, fuck, it's too much. Um, speaking of shit, I have a Shaka drop coming. Don't know how soon, but I got the samples and they look really good. Still need an embroidery person. I needed it immediately. Like I literally needed someone to do it to some basic, simple fucking embroidery for a simple snapback hat and a fucking polo. Now I know it's Thursday and whatever, but like I used to be able to go to Slauson and and a motherfucker and get the embroidery done on a polo and everything within hours. It's nothing. So I'd be willing to do something crazy. I got a fucking $500 pair of headphones I'm doing a giveaway for. They're the fucking top of the line Bentley of headphones. Not my gaming headset. I'm talking about some fucking wireless noise-canceling headphones. I got that. I got a money counter. I got cash too, but fucking embroidery, like a BB logo on two polos is like fucking... 10 bucks, you know, to do a hat. What is it? 50 bucks. Maybe I have trade, I have cash, whatever. Somebody local in the LA area wants to meet up with me and do fucking two polos real quick, tailor-made logo and a BB logo on the fucking collar and do a fucking hat. Hit me up like ASAP, thewashlord at gmail.com. That would mean that you'd have to hit me by Friday so, I can meet you on Friday or Saturday and get the thing from you either on Saturday or Sunday. So, I'd have it for San Diego for my pro am. Anyways, damn, that was a fucking grind. That was like a four hour fucking job. And it felt good getting all that shit out of the way. Um, my tops Chrome is finally coming soon. It is coming, hopefully, the first week of February. So, that's what we're talking in a couple weeks. I did something special this year that's never been done in the hobby. And I created my own purple refractors. They're not my own. They're actually through Tops. This is official. I made a 42-card purple refractor set for friends and family only. Tops has zero access to it. They gave me every card. Only I have access. I control the entire market on this. Meaning you are not getting one unless you get it from me. Now, if you get it secondhand, great. But it was a fucking sick idea. Purple Refractors to 42. I'm um, keeping pretty much everyone, everyone's one of 42 and everyone's 42 of 42. Why 42? Um, I've explained it already. That was my college basketball and football number. It was also my high school football and basketball number. My jersey number, 42. It's very hard to keep those two numbers, especially back then. You know what I mean? People were, oh, I'm wearing seven, I'm wearing 11, whatever, boom. 42 meant something to me. I was a big fan of Ronnie Lott when he was at USC. Um, he played for the Raiders. He was a bad motherfucker. I mean, he played, for the, he played for the Raiders too, but he played for the fucking 49ers. I hated that motherfucker the Niners, but he was a bad motherfucker wearing black shoes, black socks. He was a mean motherfucker. One of the dopest fucking safeties in the game. Um, And I was a huge fan of James Worthy. I used to wear New Balance because of James Worthy. But yeah, my tops is dropping this. Uh, there is a lot of product. I have some dope shit. Some people PC, random people I don't really care about, especially like Astros players and things like that. But like obviously Mike Trout, Shohei, you know, Cunha, whatever, Tatis, the, the hot players, Wander Franco rookie. I have fucking a lot of cards. And I'm willing to do trades. I'm willing to do some cool shit. Um, there's gonna be so much dope shit in this new set. You know, of course, people are asking, is Bobby Witt in there? Is Julio Rodriguez? Yes, J. Rod, um, B. Witt is in there. Um, their SSP short print. My rookie official debut card is coming. It's gonna be inside. Obviously, the boxes, I have no, I need to fucking find one. I cannot, I hope, I hope I fucking pull one. The refractors only. The diamond inserts are lit. I did a pear-shaped diamond this year. First year, the fuck did I do? Oval. Second year, I did an emerald. It's dope. You know what I love about the hobby is I love people, seeing people that are nowhere in my parallel universe. Just not in my line of friends. It's like totally random people in the Midwest, wherever they're from. But they have so much passion and they personally collect certain players. They're just, again, passionate about the hobby. And they're like, yo, you got a Ryan Mountcastle? Castle. And I see them, they really collect the shit out of them. And it's like, yeah, I got one. I can't wait to give that guy something. I just want something in trade. That's it. I'll bless them And you can't, this shit is rare. This is official. This ain't some fucking bullshit. This shit is legit. My cards hold value, especially the fucking refractors, you know, especially for a big player. And this is dope. This is something unique. So can't wait to drop, but you guys, when this drops, I'm going to see if we can have an early release for my subscribers. This is cash money in hand. Like if you guys see me break boxes and shit, people have been holding, fuck. Do you have any idea how hard it is to find 2020 Ben Baller Chrome? 21 was not as good of a year. The rookie class wasn't great, but this is my best set ever. I need... All you guys to jump on this one. If you could buy 10 boxes, I don't know what the minimum is going to be or maximum is going to be. I would buy 10 boxes. I bought 300 fucking boxes. Okay? So I definitely want you guys to jump on this. This might be my last set of Ben Baller Chrome. Three years, brought out three fucking bomb ass, dank ass years of fucking cards that have, that's never been done before. No other person has had their own chrome set of Topps chrome card let alone someone who wasn't a fucking professional athlete so when that shit drops guys definitely grab you a fucking box it'll be worth every fucking dollar and there's fucking gold in these boxes now i am trying to do a subscriber meetup in arizona um not try i'm gonna do one tentatively right now it would be breakfast uh, February 18th, that'd be a Saturday. I'd have to kind of do something quick, maybe like a 9.30 or like a 10 o'clock to 11. It'd be an hour, it'd be a breakfast. And like after that, like I'd have to limit pictures, try to get pictures doing while I was sitting down. Like when I got to go, I got to go, I go to a head straight to the airport. But there is a slight chance between my birthday and February 18th that I do a quick meetup in LA or Long Beach um, I'll figure that out. All the golf shit that I want to do with subscribers is going to have to happen after Waste Management. But I'm talking about, I'm sorry, not the 18th, sorry. There's a slight chance I do an LA or Long Beach meetup, possibly an Inland Empire one, but I want to save that for later for better weather Um, before I leave for Arizona for the Waste Management, which would be the 8th, I believe, um, aka the Phoenix Open. So, yeah, man, uh, that's just something that fucking, um, I want to do, guys. My new guilty pleasure. I'm a sick fuck. I love watching monkey videos on Instagram. Baby monkeys, I fucking love them. I want one, but I know I can't keep one. And, you know, really give it the attention and care it needs. I think my kids would freak out. People think it's animal cruelty. They're endangered species. It's not yada yada. Shut the fuck up. If I were able to have an animal that was already fucking rescued, captured whatever the fuck it was in their captivity, trust me, I would not even think about having one, especially with the way my wife feels, and she would say no already, but I would make sure that this thing was treated as possibly the best it could possibly be treated. Doctor visits, obviously the best diet, everything, having fun and all that but I've been watching monkey videos. And if you go to these monkey videos, almost all of them exist in Cambodia and China and And It's like they're in Asia. And you see tons of monkeys all over the place. I don't know how the fuck they get over and whatever on the black market you see some, but I'm talking about these are just like incredible. Notice know this lady in Russia that has this one named Monkey Luntik uh, or Lunatic. I guess she's trying to just spell it Russian way, but L-U-N-T-I-K. And it's just like, it's just fucking amazing that they have it as a pet. It's just like, you know, people are like, you have to watch the videos and look in the comments. Every single fucking comment is some miserable Karen freaking the fuck out. It's not a pet. It's a wild animal. You took it away from its mother. It needs to be with its mother. Why is it wearing clothes? It's not a human. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, shut all the way up. Full stop. Shut the fuck up. A lot of these people, and they're saying, oh, you're doing this for likes and views and this, that. Bitch, you think anybody's really making fucking money on Instagram like that? With fucking 80,000, 300,000? They might make fucking $500 in a month. Maybe. $500 in a fucking month is, is gonna fucking get them, is gonna be a business? People are fucking crazy. It's my new guilty pleasure watching it. It's like fast food, guys. It's never going to stop. Unless you want to stop giving McDonald's and Burger King attention, everything, whatever, it's never going to stop. Now, I'm not for people who are beating fucking animals and shit like that i'm not talking about having a fucking whale and look i know that Peta and other people are totally against sea world and you know whales are sick you watch blackfish and the cove and certain things like that but also at the same time there's a lot of fucking educational shit that kids get to see these things and everything else and people say go bad to go to the zoos and shit and whatever it's like man you can't win and it's just like a fucking crazy thing and it's just like It's so fuck. it's got to stop. People are so freaked out. Like, you took away from its mother and blah, blah. You see the mother beating these fucking, so many people abandon them and just, it's a fucking, it's a wild animal. You give it care and attention and love. You know, it's just, monkeys are so fucking smart. You never know. But I love watching them because I see the same people in the comments. You should go to jail. You should be, shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ, just trust me. Go to your export page. Type in monkey, anything, look, you know why one and every your whole explore page after you click maybe three or four videos, you keep scrolling down, going to be more videos. And they're so cute. You see animals. And you see them, yeah, there's some of them cold, they're wet. Yo, they're in the fucking wild. They're babies, they're learning how to walk. You see a mother throw a kid down, doesn't want to feed them anymore. They're trying to have the baby toughen up and be ready for the fucking real world. They gotta learn at an early age. It's my new guilty pleasure. I'm sorry. It's fucking hilarious. There's a new show I'm watching, docu-series on um, Hulu called Death in the Dorms. Murder Doc, it's fucking excellent. It is great. I don't need to say anything else. Just like it says, Death in the Dorms. It is about, obviously, murders that happened on college campuses or police are being fucking interviewed and all that shit. It's fucking good. Definitely check it out. (laughs) Um, What else? I'm watching Suits. Now I'm on season five and it's still good fucking crazy some scandalous ass shit Meghan Markle is a fucking piece of shit on the show sorry Um, what else oh I saw House Party I was able to use my boy Jay Puente's fucking uh, fire stick and it fucking sucked I'm sorry LeBron you are out there killing it you're gonna break this fucking cream Abdul-Jabbar 38,300 point whatever You're, you're gonna break that in fucking 10 games or 12 games probably maybe less House Party fucking sucked that movie is terrible. Do not watch it. Even don't even stream it. It's fucking bad. I'm sorry, Kid Cudi's in it too. I feel bad. That fucking show sucked. You know what else sucks? And I talked about this on my Twitter, and it, you know, it, it got a decent amount of engagement for what new Twitter shitty is, but all that bullshit is. But Bank of America has fucked up. Had some sort of glitch. Been taking money from people's accounts. I don't know if it's a massive hack. It's fucked up though. And for people who only have $500 their account, $1,000 their account, they're at negative balances. And it's been like a lot of people. But let me tell you something real quick. Okay? Said it on my Twitter, but I'm just going to reiterate. In 1988, I went to Beverly Hills, lived in K-Town, went to Beverly Hills, and I started a bank account right there on Canon I'm sorry, uh, Beverly Drive and Little Santa Monica. I was always dreamed of having a Versatella card. That was like the first ATM card. I want to say B of A was like the first who have an ATM card. And It had a Versatella. ATM machines were so different. And I would see my brother take money. i like, oh my God, there's money. It's like It was like a fucking surreal feeling being a teenager. And I deposited $100, started my first bank account in B of A. My mom would give me some money for allowance here and there. It'd be like 10 bucks. I don't fucking know. But I, you know, I got a job later, you know, and worked and whatever. And I had B of A for a few years. 1988. I think I had a bad check and the overdraft fucked me up, whatever. And I got canceled and I, got, I lost my account. In college, I opened up a student checking with Wells Fargo. And I got to be honest, I have had very little drama with Wells Fargo. I still bank with them on a very small scale, but I've had very little drama with Bank of America. Um, City National is a decent bank. I personally love First Republic. There are some smaller banks that uh, I will not talk about that I bank with, but Chase is a shitty bank, great credit card lines, and um, they're private Client banking is top tier. My One of my businesses has client, uh, Chase private client, and it is fucking great. My wife just started one over there with her corp. It's great. But anyways, in 2004, I became a millionaire for the first time my entire life. Selling my sneaker collection. I forgot when I opened the account up. I think I might have opened it up like in 2000, 1999. I reopened a, Bank of America account then and I realized that this bank fucking sucked dick. So the moment I became a millionaire, I took all that money out of there and I went to City National and I never looked back. Never went back to Bank of America. Don't do business with Bank of America. They are the fucking 7-11 of fucking banks and they just they just suck. Period. I just, you know, so I'm sorry for you all you guys who have a Bank of America account, but I just just no. Um by the way, the reason why I'm going to Arizona in February 17th and 18th to speak for um, previous podcast guests, meet the Carlins that do the credit card processing company. And um, they really got their fucking shit together. And they just played Shadow Creek in The Win. And thank God I'm sponsored by The Win, so I don't have to pay. But The Win is $750 for a round of golf. And if you ain't got no bread, like that's a tough fucking shit, man. Thank God it's free for me. But Shadow Creek used to be $500 on the weekdays and $1,000 on the weekends. That's if you could get in. It's very tough to get a tee time on there. But Shadow Creek now is $1,250 on a weekday. Fucking crazy. Now, you can play golf at Muni courses for $10. There's legendary municipal courses all over the country. You can get it in. You know, go buy a fucking box of balls for fucking $12. I think there's balls for pretty decent balls for 20 bucks. You know, they're just not balls I use, but shit, who cares? Go out and get some cheap clubs. Go out and fucking play golf for fucking 10, 15 bucks. Yeah, you may have to share the course and might be a slow pace of play, but fuck it. Go out there and get your grind on. Grow the game. That's what I'm trying to do. Guys, that is it. That is it. This is the last Thursday episode of BTB. Until further notice, Par three launch is next week, next Wednesday, January 25th. And um, I love you guys. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Make it a great day. Always remember this is not your practice life and all that good shit. All right. Uncle Benny loves you. Have a great weekend. The weekend wrap up will be here on Monday and then we will continue to do episodes every Monday now. There will not be any more two a week and um, it's all good. We're still going to crush it. And we got big things happening And I'm not gonna let anything fail We're we're going hard body Alright But just know Thursday episodes uh, Sayonara Adios And um Thank you guys Fuck man Three and a half years 340 plus episodes man It's been a blessing We're not stopping the show I don't think I ever stopped the show completely You know we go to one a week And and there'll be a lot more to talk about Alright guys Alright man Mad love That's my man Lakey Lake We are out of here. Peace.